Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. My guest today is Jordan Alexi. Jordan is coming back on here, and we also just chat about life. We caught up from the past six months, chat about COVID-19, the current pandemic, the current state of affairs in the world. We also reminisce about football, our football stories, how we got into the sport, chat about the NFL, and our hopes and wishes for the current Edmonton football team. Please welcome back, Jordan, and everyone enjoy the show. This time, because if it fucks up, we can see that it fucks up. <laughs> All right, yeah. Good call. I hope it doesn't fuck up, because that will be probably bad. But how's it going, brother? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. How is you ready for the moving day? I am ready for the moving day. Well, kind of ready for the moving day. I got to start packing. When's like the official day where you're out of your current department and into the next one? Uh, Friday the 19th. Friday the 19th. So depending on when this is released, it's either going to be a couple of days before or couple of days after that. So. I think it'll be fine. And how's the moving work? So you're moving to a higher floor? So you'd be yeah, like your so bed going and all to that? a different building, going up to a different, so be 11 floors up from where I currently am now. So I'll be on the 16th floor. Or sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'll be on the 16th floor. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Everything's got to go. They're going to take apart the bed, which sucks, and you know, moving the couches and all that crap. But what I hired people for. <laughs> well, you got some movers? Yeah, I hired movers. I oh. can't. Uh, <laughs> not doing it again. Well, man, especially in the apartment. Like, I'm ha- I'm lucky. I'm in, like, the bottom floor. So when I moved in here, we could use the back. Yeah. It's the back side entrance. Move everything in through. Well, the, the building I'm in now, it sucks because the, the elevators are so small. So try and get my three-seater couch in there. I'm standing it up. And here's me crunched between the couch and the wall of the elevator. Thing barely fits in there. You know, it took us like ten minutes just to try and figure out, like, hey, this time can fit it in. It was a nightmare moving in there. I'm glad I'm not the one in charge of moving out. <laughs> plus, plus, code rules. I was in an elevator, I think, before Christmas time because uh, my dad's company were delivering our clients gifts, and in the elevator, I'm not sure who made this rule, but it's like three people only allowed in the elevator yeah everyone faced the corners oh they faced the corners yeah That's, this is the first time i'm here to face the corners and everybody has to wear their masks and stuff but when i moved actually the first time covid wasn't really much of a thing well it kind of was but we got locked down it was two days after i moved so in the process of moving there was no covid so we have to wear masks or anything no social distancing nothing like that made it a little easier definitely don't want to be trying to move right now f that <laughs> And do you feel, because I know we chatted last, they mentioned your current apartment is kind of like, it's almost like you mentioned it was like your full circle apartment where like before you were having kind of terrible time in life and it was like the exact spot where you can see where everything went down. Yeah. And is so do you feel like it's like now like a progression that you kind of move it on next stage of your life? Um, or have you even thought about like that at all? Or Really? You know? No. Um, as far as like all that stuff goes, I haven't really thought about it much since the like the one year anniversary of it but since then just kind of just moving on focusing on other things and trying to focus on a lot on uh trying to get more healthy like changing my diet a lot 
and trying to get into um, more better shape where I'm a little more explosive, a little faster, uh, a little more loose, quicker on my feet. Um, really trying to just get ready for, for the season that we're kind of maybe Indeed. sort of anticipating that we may or may not have this year, obviously dependent on the current situation around the world. But um, yeah, and just uh, doing a lot of gaming too, obviously with the COVID can't really do much of anything. So mine's kind of just tied up in other things and it's kind of just thrown in the back of my mind, I guess. Don't really think about it much. Not a bad thing. And and for football season, how much time are they going to give you before it starts? Because I know... We, we don't know. Um, I think we're at, the season's set to start in June, I believe. June or July. But everything's closed. The gyms aren't open. We don't know when they're going to be open. We can't practice as a team. We don't know when we're going to be able to practice as a team. So last year, when everything was shut down, we didn't really have a set in stone if we were playing or not until it was like in August at some point, which is really the season was supposed to be pretty well wrapping up at that point. Yeah. And so it's kind of we were just playing the waiting game, the waiting game, the waiting game, the waiting game. And we could have been told at any point, okay, you guys can play. And then we would have been like, okay, well, now we have to decide if it's if it's financially feasible to have a season this year. And we didn't end up having one, right? So now we're kind of just back playing that waiting game again with the government. You know, when can we practice? All that sort of stuff. We don't know. We don't know when we're going to know. <laughs> it's just a massive waiting game, but it sucks sitting around and just waiting you know not knowing what's going on always having that anxiety you know a lot of anxiety around that actually are we playing or not when are we playing what the fuck is going on <laughs> well they sh- you should like i think you should be able to because i know they have the empton sport and social club back back in effect it seems like for the spring sports coming up and if you're able to do that some rec sports there's no there's no reason why football shouldn't happen and- yeah and going to the gym as well. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be able to go to the gym. Everything is sanitized. Yeah. You know, you have the sanitization. There's there's trays of bottles filled with whatever sanitation spray they use and just spray, 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 you know, and you got a whole bunch of cloths, wipe it down. Each section of the gym, it seemed like when they did the summer reopening, had at least one or two of these trays of six so there was no shortage of sanitation supplies because we were keeping things clean. And well, I noticed that both the staff as well as everyone that was using the gym was all very diligent in making sure mm-hmm. that everything was clean and we're all doing our part. I never heard of anyone getting sick from the, the from the gym. No, I mean at either. any point. Yeah, and people wearing masks as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were were wearing masks when they're working, which I I just can't do. I yeah. can't do that. That puts way too much strain on my lungs. Yeah, and plus I think they have probably better ventilation in gyms. Oh, yeah. Than in people's Those homes or whatever. Fans are going all the time. And there's, I mean, I'm pretty sure some gyms have some sort of air purification systems. And yeah. Probably maybe the higher end ones, but those air is always flowing. I don't, it, see, I don't see why not. And if you look at the, the numbers going around kind of some of the other provinces, like, like at BC, 
who was really bad kind of at the start, but then they got control of it. And then they were doing a lot better than we were doing. And they have been doing a lot better than we'd be doing as far as their numbers go. But they've kept their gyms open. They haven't closed their gyms lately. They've, they've been open the whole time. And you look at a place like Vancouver, which is essentially just Calgary and Edmonton scrunched into the surface area of yeah. Edmonton. And it's just a bunch of people all condensed in close together, which if you look at COVID, that's that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Vancouver looks like a place in Toronto, same thing. Vancouver and Toronto look like places where it's like, yeah, COVID would probably uh, have a pretty good time here. You know, everyone's all close together, living in close quarters. You know, how many single family homes are in Vancouver? Well, not, not a lot, not right? A lot. Everyone's real crunched in these high rise buildings, but they've been doing a lot better than we have. And they've been able to go to the gym probably because there's a lot more benefits than going to the gym than just physical. Oh, I pick things up and I put them down. You know, there's a lot of other benefits that come with going to the gym as well. There's the uh, the immune system. You're boosting your immune system, which apparently is good for fighting off COVID. Yeah. Who, who would have thought, right? Like I think even like the times all the professional athletes who got COVID were like very little symptoms or bad symptoms, and they're mm-hmm. these are high performance good over, athletes over in a basic week. Mm-hmm. And there's also the the mental side of it too. There's a lot of mental benefits that come from just staying active and having that active lifestyle, maintaining good heart health. You know, it's all just more than just looking good and being a meathead. You know, like there's it's a lot more than just that, but do you think these these suit dummies in government get that? No, no definitely not. They just want their hair to look good. I don't think anyone in government. I don't know, like how many of the politicians actually work out, like go to the gym and have a physical fitness routine. I'm not sure how many do. And I think zero. And I think also because I asked a couple of personal trainers, I'm like, I wonder how many government bodies ask personal trainers who have maybe a higher standing in the fitness industry what their recommendations are and mm-hmm. pay for health advice. I think that's also like, if they were to give us also more advice on how to, which vitamins to take and mm-hmm. how to stay more healthy than we currently are instead of just giving us the the infection rate and death rate, that's basically all they're telling us. And mm-hmm. then they're telling us we're not doing enough. What we're not doing enough of. And I, see, it's like they reopen and close back down, but yeah. no one's taking temperature checks. No one's doing contact tracing because they just gave up and, and rapid tests, like we know we're out there. Come on, let's get these in here. Let's get them in restaurants, even in gyms if we need to. I mean, it's an extra five, ten bucks a month for your gym membership for rapid tests. Mm-hmm. And that way, maybe create more jobs that way. People can do the testing somehow, yeah. or at least temperature checks. Yeah. I mean, hey, if paying an extra five, ten dollars a month for my gym membership meant that we could go to the gym and, you know, just do this quick rapid test when you show up then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, but that costs a lot of money, right? And that's why we'd have to bump everyone's gym membership up. And then, you know, there's going to be a lot of people when they say that, they're going to be like, what the fuck? I don't want to do that. Right? You know, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, I think there's also an issue with, you know, I'm not sure what happens when you become a politician, when you become a premier or a, a prime minister. I'm not sure what goes on behind those closed doors. Um, but you know, I think right now they're probably good people, Kenny and Trudeau. I don't know them personally, but I think there's something that happens to someone. I think it's a human flaw that when you have absolute control and power, you don't want to give it up. And I think that's maybe why you there's become, like you become real greedy. Yeah, I think that's what I think right now too. It's 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 kind of obviously seen a way that everyone's trying to win for their team. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm, I'm a conservative. I'm going to try to win for conservatives. I'm yeah, love it's like, everything is just 
straight political. It it seems like politics is real good at just, I guess, showing the worst in people. Yeah, and it, it politics just takes humanity out of everything, right? There's a lot of instances where something happens and then people go, "Okay, well, I don't really know how I feel about this." Well, how do the politics say to feel about this? Mm. They don't really take that moment to really think of like, is this humanity is this good or is this bad you know is this something that's good for humanity or is this bad for humanity you go well is this you know how would my political party really feel about this and they really just take that side they don't really think about you know they don't empathy right it's yeah. all that empathy thing you can't really put yourself in someone else's shoes that's kind of the 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 failure with politics that's why politics is such a fucking cesspool of just complete and utter bullshit <laughs> and all these fucking people that just rah, 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 you know, and do this and do that and money here and we don't know what the fuck we're doing you know but we're gonna tell you that we know what we're doing it we're gonna that hope way. that you believe us yeah. it definitely seems that way especially when it comes to COVID I think that's why there's a lot of people who are using confidence in government I think that's why there's some people, which is, I think, more dangerous. They believe COVID's not real. Yeah. And in Calgary, I like the anti-mask rally, which... Yeah, there's so many of those going on. And it's wild. And it's because some of these governments, again, they're telling us to stay at home, don't travel, don't have large family gatherings. And then they're, they're having traveling large themselves. And having large family gatherings and trying to play it off like it's something different. But and I think that's... I think, And I can definitely see there's going to be some change happening. Maybe. I feel like there's something in the air and... I was chatting with my buddy who is ex-military and and we were chatting because I'm really wanting my gun license, one for hunting and second, just in case something goes down, I'll be prepared. Yeah, and should have. One it seems like it, like those moments in history we always learn about, like it's something like we're living in it, man. I'm not sure if there is going to be war. It feels like there could be war. Who knows? And I'm almost on the edge of my seat right now. I don't think there's going to be war. I think the war tensions really settled down a year ago when iran and the united states they were kind of going through their thing but it really kind of dissipated once once covid came in the field and it was it was kind of just over i don't think it's going to be a covid war i hope not but then also with this there's also a lot of big things before covid that got swept under the rug that who knows if they're going to be brought up again and yeah it's interesting it is interesting the one thing i never really understood is the the behind the whole anti-mask thing is just the the argument behind it you know Oh, you're taking away my rights and my freedoms. And it's like, well, how so? Pull out pull out the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms right now. And then show me which section, page, article, whatever. Show me where in there it says that wearing a face covering goes against your rights and freedoms as a Canadian or as a human being or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll wait. You can play the play the Jeopardy music. <laughs> well, it's also it's only wearing masks when you're going to like inside stores, businesses. You yeah, do not, you don't wear a mask at home. You don't wear it in the car or outside. If you're, if you're in like a, a building like this, you, know, you gotta wear a mask, right? You're, if you're in a, like an apartment building or a grocery store or any kind of store, wear a mask. But then all these people, it's like, well, it's not even for protecting you. We're like, yeah, of course it's not. But here's here's how it fucking goes. Last last year, we shut the world down and everyone said, 
well, how the fuck can we reopen the world safely without getting people sick? Okay, wear this mask. It's not going to protect you, right? Mm -hmm. But it's going to protect everyone else from you in case you are sick. Fair enough? Okay, let's go. Let's reopen the world. Put this on. You go, oh, I want to do that. It's not going to protect me. Well, yeah, of course it's not going to protect you. It's not about you. Yeah. It's never been about you. You want to protect yourself from COVID? Then stay at home like we've been telling you to. You want to protect everyone else from COVID? Put this on when you go out. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that fucking simple. Like It's not about you, dickhead. 100%. I think also- Give it up. Give it up. And by the way, the, that whole thing with the, the China rights, you, you still haven't found it yet? Yeah, because it's not fucking there. It doesn't exist. You're making shit up and you sound completely fucked. Give it up. Quit it. It's not about you. It's about everyone else. Exactly. And yeah, I think if people just you know we're healthy and then I, I, I always reference the humble bus crash, you know, there are different situations. But I kind of there ones are kind of a tragedy, ones a worldwide pandemic. But I look at that where there was a young a bus crash where tons of young hockey players got killed by I think it was a reckless uh, semi truck driver. Or, yeah. I think it was texting and driving. I'm not sure exactly what he was doing. Ran a stoplight. Ran a stoplight, and I just saw how quickly everyone in Canada got like basically got together. Where they realized, hey, we're a community. Everyone either put sticks outside the door for awareness, or people donating money, and there's so many people helping each other, and then. When it comes to this, obviously, people are you should be worried about yourself. You want to get healthy, but then people go stock on toilet paper and don't think about everyone else, and they do all these things. And it's like, hey, we're a community, and it doesn't mean you have to give everything help to someone else. No, but it's like, hey, you can still open the door for someone. You can still be nice and respectful, and realize, hey, we're all besides the politicians. Yeah, we're all going through this together. We all have the same worries. We're all worried about money. We're all worried about our jobs and yeah. the future. So it's like, hey, let's all calm down. Go get a nice doobie. Mm-hmm. Go chill on your couch, <laughs> and then yeah, and then and I, I was kind of against the mask initially. You know, I didn't, I never, I'll be honest, I never wore a mask until it was mandatory. But you know, when I went to say grocery stores, I made sure I went down aisles when there's no one there, and uh, and then when people were to pass me, I kind of faced the opposite way, and I was like, that was my way to at least be a little bit respectful to other people. And then when masks were mandatory, I had tossed it on. That I didn't like. Do I? Just like masks, I kind of do because, you know, I'm single. Yeah. I want no to one likes wearing a mask. I got asthma. Yeah. I can't really wear a mask. It, it's so fucking hard to breathe at right. times. But I do it because I'm not a selfish little prick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but getting back to the, the crash there, they had problems with that road even before that crash. Mm-hmm. So this crash happens. You know, it says, okay, well, we need to change this road. Like, how do we make this road safer? They changed the road, made it safer. Right, which is kind of like what we did with COVID. We made COVID safer by going, "Okay, wear this mask." It's it, it is it's yeah. the exact same thing, right? You take the situation it needs to be changed. You make changes to make it better. COVID isn't going away. Let's let's be real. It's not going to fucking go away. It is going to be here forever, just like how fucking the original SARS is yeah. still kicking around. The bubonic plague, aka the Black Death. That is still kicking around. Oh, yeah. People still die of that. Especially probably the New York fucking subways. That tons of rats in the subways in New York. <laughs> Jesus. And and yeah, and, and I th- yeah, I think it's gonna be a, still a little while before things get back to at least somewhat normal. And 
you know, personally, I want to wait just a little bit till, you know, maybe there's been more time research on with the vaccine. You know, if you're a healthcare worker and you believe you need it, you know, go ahead. I'm not going to, I know, but for me personally, I don't need it yet. I'm healthy. And what from what the statistics show, if you take care of your health as a younger person where you don't have as much sex and, yeah, I'm just going to focus on my health. Yeah. I've been taking my vitamins. I think that's another thing. I've been taking, I'm taking D3, vitamin C, omega, really throughout this whole thing. And before um, it came in March, we had going on two different in a couple of weeks. Um, and luckily I survived. I'm still alive. But it's not going to go away. It's probably going to be, we're going to get it. I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to eventually with the vaccine and with people who have the antibodies. Yeah, I think we need to take care of ourselves and be a community more and then kind of be people. Yeah, you know, I, I did look into the vaccine a little bit. And I fucking hate needles. Like, I just, I fucking hate needles. When I, every time I have to go get blood work, I'm just like, fuck, I fucking hate this. Yeah. The only reason I would get the vaccine is just so that I couldn't get COVID and pass on to someone else. So I'm looking at the vaccine and I find out that just because you have a that you can't pass it on to someone else still. I'm like, what's the, the symptom? And all it does is reduce the symptoms for you. But those still your body and then you just don't feel the symptoms yourself. What's the fucking point of that? Yeah. Well, fuck someone when they get the second dose, they're getting some ads. Jill's like around the like people that needed to be hospitalized with allergies. If you adverse effects, that's not going to stop the spread. And I don't think like like personally, and I, and I think the same Monday morning quarterback, arm court sitting on the couch quarterbacking here because obviously I was in response to what I didn't do anything. Um, before he basically mentioned all these future days like Commonwealth and Kings like Red and Amon have they don't who, who don't need don't in these facilities and especially Commonwealth to pair more who have COVID or need a serious attention in the hospitals mm-hmm. and then if there's not enough na- um, labor power um, I guess again I don't know how trail works but the, all the nurses are going in their final years and need the experience why don't we just toss them in the fray and then experience, and then we have more manpower. So I think a lot of things that the government isn't doing. And again, I think it's going back to w- try to win for their side and look look the best. And but again, this is Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, and then uh, did you see? Uh, I think it was CBS Sports post on Instagram today. I didn't. Um, it showed like bright pictures of Brady. It was like uh, Sunday him winning Super Bowl, and then it's like Wednesday him being called up by that guy from all. You know, like there's Saturday, Saturday him and uh, Guerrero are apparently they're back at the facility training yesterday. That wouldn't surprise me. And obviously he needs some 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 surgery on his knee, but yeah, he's no Quinn. I wonder how many people are going to come back and play. He said that he's highly considering playing beyond forty five, which is impressive as shit. I'm not going to doubt him. I'm just going to wait till he yeah. either talks about retiring or he just looks like shit for uh, at least half the season. Then he's, I'm he's like, gonna he's, keep, he's going to keep playing just to shove it up Max Kellerman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I saw like this video. It was uh, just like a, a parody, like Super Bowl. And it was like Super Bowl, like 2035. It's like Bray playing against Peyton Manning's son. <laughs> <laughs> playing against Arch. Yeah, Archie Manning. Oh, he's playing against Brady's playing against his own son in the Super Bowl. I'm like Jesus. I'm like I wouldn't doubt it. Like him, just six years old, dropping back, just throwing throwing balls. It's probably gonna happen. It's probably gonna happen. Hey, hey if you, I think I saw, like, saw a video. It's like if you keep, if you enjoy playing still, 
and you're winning, it's like, why, why quit? Stop? Yeah. yeah. It's like, why not? And it's like, people should enjoy life. Well, it's probably enjoying life right now. And yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah. And even like, even, even if I made the minimum contract in football, I think even some ball boys or some water boys can make some money in the NFL, depending on what team, of course. It's probably, I think, I think a water boy gets paid some like 50K a year. Probably on the wages. Such enough for the Browns or the Bengals. <laughs> they probably it's volunteer basis. <laughs> the Bengals probably don't even have a water boy. Them boys don't even have a practice facility. Yeah. You think they got water boys? Jeez. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati. But would you uh like if someone called you up and said, Hey Jordan, like how you uh hydrate yourself? Would we were off you fifty K for like the six months of sign me the <laughs> fuck up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go right now. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Um, that would be that would be amazing just making 50k a year just 50k a year just to hold water bottles and spray people with water bottles hell yeah i'll do that <laughs> you think you can pick up a girl like if you went to pick up a girl like what do you do absolutely <laughs> fucking not absolutely fucking not like i'm an nfl water boy she'd be like you're a fucking loser <laughs> get out of here <laughs> i think it'll be worth it especially if you're like say in camp or if- even Jacksonville being down there with the beaches and making oh, 50K. Oh, if I was a one of the Jags, I'd love that. I could probably get free tickets to AEW. Is that hey, about wrestling? They tell, yeah, cool. Because uh, Shad Khan and his son Tony, they partly own the Jaguars. Tony owns all of the wrestling. But of course, I'm a huge wrestling guy. Yeah. I love wrestling. Oh, fuck. Yeah. If I was the water boy for the Jags or for anything with the Jags, I'd probably get free tickets to AEW. Fuck yeah. Send me up. Let's go. <laughs> I think it's also uh, something else that uh, Vince McMahon would do um, wrestling still. And obviously, there's no people there. They still have the Jumbotron with people zooming in. Still have some noise, which yeah, is pretty they cool. Yeah, uh, so they got the Thunderdome. They've had that set up since the fall. It's essentially... So uh, you what did you see the NBA bubble reopen over the summer? They kind of had... What they did at Disney, Disney World? They yeah. Did, they kind of have like the virtual fans on the mm-hmm. side. That's what WWE is doing. So they have their stage arena set up right now at Tropicana Field in Tampa. You get the stage, you come down, and then um, opposite the camera side where the camera's looking, they have all these screens set up, and it's all these all these fans. You can sign up to be a virtual fan. You just you know, have the webcam set up here, and then when you're on it, you can see. Um, on your screen, you can see like your screen, what you look like on the screen, and the screen beside it, you can see what's on TV. So, um, Have you done they that just yet? they just pump in. No, I haven't. No, they just they just pump in um, crowd noise, like pre pre recorded crowd noise that they have over the years. It's uh, it's kind of cool. It definitely beats what they were doing before with just having emptiness or having the. The the guys that don't get used on TV just have kind of having them stand outside just to make noise, <laughs> but uh, hopefully they'll get uh, we'll get fans in there more regularly soon. WrestleMania actually, which is WWE's like Super Bowl, it's the Super Bowl of wrestling. WrestleMania, uh, they're actually going to have fans there this year. Oh. I think they're going to have like twenty thousand fans there, which is fucking cool. It's Are you doing be, like an outdoor? Yeah, it's of- it's going to be at Raymond James, which nice. is what Super Bowl is this year. So it's going to be there, you know, obviously it's outside, right? I think there's going to be 20,000 people there. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? I think it's somewhere around 20,000. Yeah. But it's going to be the first time 
that there's actual fans in a WWE show in over a year because it was it was mid March mm. that shut down last year. WrestleMania is at the start of April, so. Mm. And I know Edge came back. I thought Edge, he was done. Edge came I, know back. His neck yep. was, I know his neck. He had a serious neck injury years ago, and with uh, um, he was a feud with John Cena. Mm-hmm. That's when I kind of think left. Um, has do you think wrestling has gone? Because obviously it has to change with the times. You know, can't do certain things like mm-hmm. with like the Attitude Era in the nineties with TX and Stone Cold Steve Austin doing all the pranks of Vince McMahon or Booker mm-hmm. T and Stone Cold Austin fighting in supermarkets and. Oh, that that supermarket scale. Yeah. So if if you if you if you watch wrestling and you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube Stone Cold Steve Austin and Booker T in a grocery store. It is the greatest. And even if you don't watch wrestling, this is this is funny as fuck. Yeah. It is the greatest segment that probably any wrestling company has ever put on. Ever it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But anyways, yeah, go on. Yeah, and also Stone Cold and Vince McMahon in the hospital. We mm-hmm. had a leg and also Stone Cold the Bad doctor. Hand. Yeah. But do you think it's gone better or worse or do you think it's just different with the times? So the Attitude Era in the 90s really put wrestling on the map. That was like, that was when wrestling was like, I don't want to say peak wrestling, but that's when wrestling was its best because you had these two massive companies World Wrestling Federation at the time and World Championship Wrestling dueling over ratings on Monday nights. And WCW was owning them, owning them, and owning them. And then WWE came in and just cleaned house afterwards. WCW went downhill. WWE buys WCW. And then wrestling really went downhill after that because WWE, they they lost their competition. Mm -hmm. Like there's no... There's no reason to put on excellent shows every Monday now. And the product really started to get dumbed down. And they went into what is commonly referred to as the PG era. So everything is, they're not doing the edgy segments anymore. Everything is, you know, they're not cussing on TV. They're not using blood that often. Um, A lot of the physicality is going down. But a lot of that is to do with safety, obviously. Mm -hmm. So years go by, and now a few years ago, over the last probably 10 years, I want to say, wrestling has just been trash, garbage, shit, awful. And the, a lot of the working conditions, guys are complaining the working conditions in WWE, which is awful. Guys hate working for Vince and all this stuff, and they can't... A, a lot of their characters are suppressed because there's 20 different producers coming up to them saying, Okay, when you go and cut your promos, you have to say this, or you have to say that, or when you do your match, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's like, well, I don't want to do that. My character wouldn't do that. Why is, mm-hmm. you know, like a, you guys are just completely destroying characters over here. So a few guys get together and they created this, this new wrestling promotion, which I've referred to as board now. It's AEW Only Wrestling. And that kind of kicked WWE in the ass a little bit and kind of made them go, oh, shit. Okay, we kind of have to start putting on good shows again. So AEW's been around for the last few years, and ever since they started putting on regular shows, the quality and the product of wrestling has only gone up. Nice. And it's kind of been on that upward trend, I want to say the last two, three years. 
wrestling now is definitely way better than it's ever been since the Attitude Era closed out and since WCW closed out. Wrestling now is good shit. Monday Night Raw sucks. It's it's three it's three it's three hours. It's an hour too long. They should cut it back down to two, and it'll it'll help get rid of some of those commercials, mm-hmm. too many commercials, and it'll help them kind of focus more on quality instead of quantity. You know, they just have all these instant segments and all these quick matches and splash match, mm-hmm. you know, quick short finishes that aren't really good and they're not entertaining. It's just like, oh, what the fuck. And then Wednesdays, you get to Wednesdays and WWE has this other brand called NXT. They that's put on... That's like the de- de- developmental. It used to be used known to be. as the developmental. Now it's kind of become more mainstream. It's more of like a, a mainstream brand now, like a Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. NXT on Wednesdays is good, but that's the same day as AEW. So AEW and NXT are having their own little ratings war, you know, the Wednesday Night Wars now. Yeah. And then Friday Night SmackDown SmackDown is good. SmackDown is way better than Raw is right now. It's it's been that way for a while. But hey, if uh, if you watched wrestling years ago and you haven't watched in a few years, probably I would say now is probably the best time to get back into it. I really like um well um you also watch Pat McAfee's show. Yep. Um, Pat McAfee is a former NFL punter. His show is Monday to Friday, Eastern, twelve to three PM Eastern uh, time. On YouTube and series. On YouTube and series. Mad Dog. Yeah. XM. <laughs> yeah, um, but I really liked him because he got into wrestling a little bit, and I, um, mm-hmm. he had a rivalry. And yep, I love that. And I liked that. I watched the one video where he um, was um, silent after him and Adam Cole had like the little riff in his um, podcast, his uh, office. Yep. And and then obviously, and then he did commentary, and then he's like, well, he said something to the fact of like the rest of life can be a scared little bitch yeah and then fucking boots him in the face right that's probably like the most um real fake cake i ever saw and then and then it just yeah i just love that Care, careful with that f word now yeah you know, we don't say that word in the wrestling in the wrestling <laughs> oh well yeah whatever people understand it's it's fake but it's also it's real that people are putting their bodies A to the ring right is real that's what people don't understand like it is it is a work yeah and a lot of it is a work but, but still getting a contacted. lot of the stuff is real especially like the chest flaps holy shit you hear yeah, those getting hit with them kendo sticks yeah and chairs and yeah. stuff like that going that stuff's real and even like the tables may not be like an actual table like through strength wise but like you still went through hey, table sometimes and landing don't break. yeah sometimes then things don't break yeah some guys actually put the real fucking actually they put lunch tables by accident switching arenas like oh shit man <laughs> it's a real table out there yeah that was a great but yeah and people will like we're like I think now I think have you watched um, listened to the Undertaker's uh, podcast on Joe Rogan? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, even that like it's impressive now that WWE is actually taking like their like recovery and training a bit more serious now and and yeah hopefully I think I think you have to understand that if you're going to becoming a pressure wrestler you got to be like fucking in shape. It's twenty four seven. It's like yeah, like, it is. I mean, you're on the road. I think uh, you're on the road three hundred days a year. Jesus. Yeah. You are on the road 300 days a year. And who do you think is going to be the, like the next superstar? Because before, now, before John Cena was the guy and everyone mm-hmm. knows who John Cena is. And I think he's getting to more acting and TV. And there's, um, there's a lot of young guys coming up. Obviously, as like you want to look at who is the John Cena right now, Roman Reigns is 
like the modern day of what John Cena was like 10 years ago. That's Roman Reigns right now. Um, there's a lot of other superstar talent, right? Like Seth Rollins, he's he's a top guy. Um, Edge is back, right? He's a top guy, but he might become a part-timer after WrestleMania. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, kind of a little worried about the neck thing still, right? And it's been a long time, but still kind of worried about that. The Undertaker's retired now, finally. It's, it seems like I've been talking about that for the last you know, five years, you know, when's the Undertaker? The Undertaker's finally retired now, which was uh, kind of sad to see, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, go and live your life now. Please stop doing this. Please stop coming back and destroying your body. You are old. You've had so many surgeries, replacements, whatnot. Please stay away now. Like, thank you for everything you've done for this industry, but please just stay away. Um, there's a lot of really young, young studs coming up. Keith Lee is one of them. Uh, Damian Priest is a guy I really like. Um, AJ Styles is one of the top guys, but he's kind of on his last run. Um, I'm not sure when his contract expires, but I think he's on his last contract. There's a real, there's a lot of really young talent. There's a lot of guys that don't get used either. Um, one of my top guys who hasn't been on TV in a while, Alistair Black. He hasn't been on TV, I think almost three or four months now because you know Vince McMahon is very spiteful in his ways and yeah. even if he's not involved in something he will punish someone who is involved with said person or whatnot there's been a lot of instances like that with Vince over the years but you know it is what it is I really want I think one thing they should do definitely at least once um, I think Stone Cold needs to make an appearance just give someone a stunner you know, come with a couple of those FUs and just chug a beer and leave <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> he does that every so often he, uh, it's, hard, it's hard with him though because he's got a really serious neck issue oh fuck yeah because was it yeah Bret Hart, Bret Hart yeah. Owen Hart Owen Hart, yeah, Owen Hart, Hart yeah. yeah Owen Hart gave him a gave him a little power driver but he landed on his head yeah, that's and almost killed him yeah, that's another thing too. Like, well, there's some of these moves that like jumping off the top rope or like stuff like Jeff Hardy and Shane McMahon did, like jumping off like 40 feet are just fucking insane. Oh, yeah. And like the, I remember the, like the Jeff Hardy, all the stuff that Jeff Hardy used to do and Swan. like even Shane McMahon too was like, oh, wow, like, that's super hardcore. But now it's like, there's a lot of guys that just do that just to do that now. And there's a lot of guys like the athleticism with superstars now is, Changed completely. I mean, that's what the tra- the actual the, the upgrade in training and protocols and recovery. Yeah, and- wrestling back in the day used to be all these real big, big monstrous guys. Think about Hulk Hogan, who's a giant type guy. He's he's a big guy. Andre the Giant, who's literally a giant. <laughs> <laughs> and then, first, you know, guys, the Undertaker's a big guy, but now there's guys in there like AJ Styles is a smaller guy. He's more athletic. Ricochet, smaller guy, super athletic. Rey Mysterio, probably the greatest luchador Mexican wrestler of all time. He was Another probably small one of my guy, favorites. super athletic, right? Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Another smaller guy, right? The athleticism is just top notch in professional wrestling now. Yeah, that's nice. So it's I think it's funner for the fans because you don't get. Oh, it's great for the fans. It's not that we don't want to see a couple of those big monsters once in a while, mm-hmm. but it's, you don't want to see these guys that are just cap like the Great Collie was a monster, but he couldn't move. Couldn't Dude, it takes like 10 minutes just to walk down to the ring because he moves so slow because his back's so fucked up. He's so 
fucking tall. You yeah. Know? And then and then he was like a great concept, but then he didn't last because his matches were short and mm-hmm. he, he couldn't, couldn't do anything. Do very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was great in his first run, but then they try to bring him back over the years and it's like can't really do that much anymore. Like he cool, like this fucking monster of a man, but like come on, there's people that can entertain us better than this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where wrestling goes. I hope there's more. I hope there's like another version of the attitude area that comes by. Maybe not as PG or well, rated R. The, but uh, they're trying to kind of get out of the PG era in WWE. Like, so for those of you who've ever seen AEW, you know what I'm talking about. But AEW is kind of like that edgier. Well, no, I shouldn't say edgier. They're super entertaining, right? And they let the just the superstars be them right there's no producers going up to them and saying hey you gotta say this or do this they're doing their own stuff they're cutting their own promos they're doing their own stunts in their matches in wwe the the ratings have really taken a dive over the last couple years with AEW doing so well and it's gotten to the point where now the usa network which is the network that um holds Monday Night Raw and every week they've gone to Vince like, hey, we want kind of some more not necessarily like R-rated content, but more content driven towards the adult audience. Because these ratings are awful. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're awful. They are, they're god awful. Actually, in, uh, this past December, they had the lowest rating ever for Monday Night Raw. Wild, yeah. And then that's what I said, yeah, we want some more of this adult content. We haven't really seen much of it yet. SmackDown's kind of still. I think what I think what you mentioned about what AEW is doing is what uh, WWE used to um, let the wrestlers do. That. Like I think a lot of the older kind of people from the Attitude Era, they were given like almost like a concept, an idea, but then it's like the wrestlers were allowed to basically come up with uh, their own lines, their own takes, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, yeah, the attitude era was totally different than the PG era because the attitude era was the same thing as like what AEW is now. There was no producers running around, and you know, no one was telling them you got to say this, you got to do this. They were doing their own stuff. But then times changed, and all the Vince brought in all these different producers, and he wanted to take the company away from being a wrestling company, and he wanted to be more of a sports entertainment company. So he's got all these producers and all these different suit people. Hey, do this, do that. How the fuck do you, do you know what? That's what the fans want. That's not what the fans want. Yeah, yeah. And then um, NFL is done. Yeah, this is this is the first Sunday without uh, without football. I actually I, I put a gif on Twitter this morning and it was just like, what? No football? Yeah, first first Sunday of many now. You know, this is. Uh, yeah, it's one of the one of the saddest times of the year. No more, no more football, no more football. But then soon, soon, uh, time will go by quickly enough that it'll be NFL time. And well, see, you and I are Patriots fans. Yeah, um, I think you mentioned before that there's a lot of people who are just were just fans because of the winning that was happening. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bandwagon fans found out this year. A lot of bandwagon fans, and there's a lot of fans that weren't necessarily fans of the team. They're fans of Tom Brady. Which I mean is fair. He's the fucking goat. Yeah. But you know, uh this year should be uh yeah, it can only really I mean we could it could be worse, but it can only go up from 
from where we did last year, really. We just got to sure up the, the receivers because they were – that whole position group was a nightmare to watch last year. Edelman basically missed the entire year, got hurt, then he got COVID. And then by the time when COVID was done with him, it was like, well, there's two games left and we're not making the playoffs. So just kind of call it a year for uh, for you there, I don't know. And he's yeah. he's he's getting up. I think he's like thirty four now, thirty five. He's yeah, getting he's, up there. He's getting up there. But I mean, if you ask me, he's still one of the probably the, the best route runner in the league. And do you think he is going to stay there, or do you think he might f- try to follow his old buddy Foxborough Tom? forever? Oh, do you think so? Foxborough forever. He he said it himself. Foxborough forever. That's good. I believe. I believe. <laughs> I believe. Um, or maybe you'll pull a Tom where he did that commercial where he's like, "I'm not leaving." Whatever, and he's like, "I'm getting on, but control everyone." Yeah. And and what do you think about this? Because before, when Tom Brady was in Boston or in Foxborough, you know the Celtics were hot, winning championships. Patriots were hot, winning championships. Uh, And we got this Brady effect going. Red Red Sox won a couple World Series, and now the year he decides to go to. As uh, soon as he signs with the Bucks, also the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup, and the Rays were in the and the Rays were in the the World Series finals for the first time ever, I think. They didn't win, but still. And they the fucking got won. there, and the Bucks won the Super Bowl. I'm like, okay, this Brady effect is real. Man, this is real. Yeah, I'm not sure if any other athlete has done. I know LeBron went to LA, but then the LA teams did the LA win. LA won. The, yeah, the Lakers won. The Lakers, Lakers won the NBA won, but title. The other LA teams win. The, no, the Kings didn't win, and yeah. the Ducks didn't win. The Ducks are basically LA. It's yeah. fucking like Shore Park and Edmonton with Anaheim and LA. Um, yeah, no, um, there, I don't think there's any other athlete that's had the effect on a total sports culture in a city the way that Tom Brady has with the the two professional places he's been. I mean, it's only it's only been a year, but like, what are the fucking odds? Mm. And he just goes down there and all of a sudden, the Lightning don't choke like they usually do in the playoffs. And the Rays, who've never been to the World Series, all of a sudden make it to the World Series. They, they lose to the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers, Dodgers they, yeah. they finally won the World Series after, uh, I mean, they probably should have won the whole Houston Astros scandal a few years back. Yeah. That, but they're talk, about, talk about contrasting sports cities here. We got Tampa, who is running like a sports high with the, the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, and a World Series appearance. Houston, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, James Harden is, is gone. He's a basketball player. Deshaun Watson wants out. J.J. Watt's gone. And, of course, they had the whole the Astros with mm-hmm. the, the signals to Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Professional sports is just taking a beating in Houston right now. I don't know. Because I, I, I don't run any sports organizations, but I know there's probably one politics involved. I know there's, I know in S sports sometimes, you know, either owners, general managers, they have like an idea and a concept of what their team to look like. And yeah. sometimes you can be one of the best players coming out of the draft in a certain position group, but if you don't fit the mold, the, what the team's going for. He might not make the team. I think it was uh, Trent Richardson. I think he's like a motivational speaker now, has motivational videos. And he said like out of the, the rookie, like one of the best preseasons out of all the rookie receivers, but didn't make the team because he wasn't like what they're looking for. And that was nuts. Uh, he could just be an amazing talent. But just, even like quarterbacks, like Russell Wilson had a hard time getting drafted because he wasn't 6'4". Yeah, he's a short guy. And everyone's like, well, he can't see over the offensive line. I'm like, okay, well, 
it's not like they're all standing fucking shoulder to shoulder when they're they're blocking the D line. You know, they're yeah. kind of making windows opening up. You know, you can kind of see between. Then he moves around too. He's a mobile guy. Kind of makes it easier for him. He does a lot of the stuff out of the pocket. Russell Wilson is one exciting fucking football player, though. Phenomenal quarterback. Extremely yeah. fun to watch. He's another guy who wants out of his situation in Seattle. And it's like, I don't I don't know. He probably won't go anywhere. I don't think he's Seattle's going to give him team. He is the fucking team <laughs> for years. So they, they go on that run. They win that Super Bowl. And they lose the year after to the Patriots. Fuck yeah. Malcolm Butler, shout out to you. But after that, they the they put all their money into Russ, which is fair. But because of that, the their defense completely dissipated and along with the rest of their team. And yeah. you watch a Seahawks game for a few years after that. And this guy doesn't have an offensive line. He's running for his life. He's been sacked the most in the league since he's been in the league. I think he got like sacked. Like I think Bray's been sacked. I think around just over four hundred. I think that's why I heard. But then Russell, like that's Bray's his entire mm-hmm. career. And then Russell in the past decade has been sacked almost as many times as Bray in his whole career, like double. Yeah, double the years. Yeah, it's wild. But Russell Wilson for years carried that team. You watch Seahawks game and it's like, okay, they you know they went ten and six, but if they don't have Russ. They'd probably go three and thirteen. Mm-hmm. He just he carried the entire team, but now it's like, hey, you guys haven't done a good job protecting me, yeah. and they haven't. Yeah. What, what have they done with the offensive line since he's been there? Fucking jack shit! And they got one of the worst old lines in the league. And it shows. And what, what happens? So say you're Russell Wilson and you don't get traded, you come back, you, you get stacked oh, more. It's gonna be super fucking awkward. You think like that? Uh, was it? Uh, the movie with Adam Sandler, Longest Yard. Oh, longest Yard. Yeah, where like the first couple of plays of the game just gets fucking yeah, wrong. Yeah, because just let him out to dry. Because he was like, well, known for choking or taking bets against his team to make money. And do you think that's going to be Russell Wilson? Are they just going to stand and let them get rocked? Or do you, do I, would not, gonna, I would not want to be Russell Wilson going into that locker room. And then what if do you he think? doesn't get traded. What do you think Pete Carroll is going to do? Because before... Um, and I think people have to do like research, but before USC was going downhill, Russell, uh, Pete Carroll, the head coach of the um, USC, is like, I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, to Seattle, USC was about to start face waiting. a bunch of sanctions, and they're about to suck real bad for years. So get me the fuck out of here. I don't want. I don't want to stick around for this shit. And and yes, yes. Obviously, we're not professional athletes. We're not making mills. Kind of wish it was. Yeah, that'd be nice. Shut some teams kind of let me be the ball boy or something. Pay me some money. Um, but because it's one of those things. Because I think back in the day. Before people, before social media and all this, had creating your own brand. Mm-hmm. There's, I think, I think more people who are willing to stay in a home, a, a city, play for the team, play their careers out. But now there's a lot more people who are doing what that makes them happy. They want to go where the money is or get contracts. Yeah. I guess, in your opinion, like, what's your view on that? Like, because of course you want to get money, you want to get paid. Well, a lot of guys in NFL that came from impoverished neighborhoods want to. Support their families, buy their mom, parents, their moms a house, homes, or or would you like pay for a team to win a championship? Like, what's? I think it'd have to depend on a lot of situations. Obviously, situations are situational, but you know, a lot of guys you see them come into the league and they do their their rookie contract, and then bam, they get paid. You know, 
five years, 20 mil a year, but they don't win very much. And then they get through that contract and they go, okay, well, I got paid. Well, now I kind of want to win. So then those older guys, they'll start taking those reduced contracts, those team-friendly contracts to go to a, a guaranteed winner, which is kind of what we're seeing with J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I mean, that Houston team is a complete, it's a complete fucking travesty what's going on there. The team's totally fucking falling apart. They've, this team was going to be in the Super Bowl last year. They were up 26 nothing in the AFC Championship game, and they choked and blew it, and the team have never been the same since. I think for for me, I want to win. And I look at these, even like a minimum contract in the NFL is still like $650,000 a year. I could live very humbly off 600. I think anyone in their right mind would live very humbly off $650,000 a year. I will take that as, you know, as long as I got three rings. Yeah. Or even just one, you know. 650k fuck yeah sign me up I'll, I'll fucking go out there win a super bowl for 650k yeah you don't even have to pay an agent for i don't it. care if i'm not fucking i'll fucking do the deal myself yeah. i'll be my own agent like deandre hopkins did you know i don't need to make 25 million dollars coach a year. is like we're okay. i want to win a super bowl hey joe we're gonna offer you four 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 years 10 million no coach i'll take a million don't, don't worry about it <laughs> yeah no no don't don't pay me that much pay me a little less and just let's get some other guys around here let's fucking go win a super bowl yeah, I think Brady did that. Yeah, Brady did that for a number Brady of years. Brady did that for years. Remember, always taking those team friendly deals. Always. I think he got paid a little bit, but now he's finding think, 25 mil for two years. And then, and do you think if he plays long, do you think he'll be like more friendly because he is getting up there and maybe he want to get me a better O line or? That's tough to say because he did it for 20 years in, in New England and he said he didn't want to do it anymore. I would say. I would take like maybe more of a minimum, save like two years, five million, five million a year, and then like plus, yeah, pay for my living expenses, pay for my help, pay for my rent or my mortgage, and then if I have any surgeries or any injuries, you gotta pay for that. That'd be my stipulation. If, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm gonna play past forty five, if I want to really prove it, here's what I do. If I was Tom Brady, okay, let's do let's do a two year deal, base salary, uh, sixteen mil a year. And then all the rest do incentives, right? So the contract could be worth up to, say, between 25 and 30 million a year with just the incentives, right? 16 mil base and then just have all the rest incentives, but have all of them playoff, like have all mm-hmm. just postseason incentives. Don't have any regular season incentives, just postseason incentives, like playing in the, uh, Conference championship, playing in Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, just have those incentives. Don't have the regular season ones, just have the postseason ones. Really go in there, try and prove it. Take less money and try and make make it all incentives. Yeah, there's a definitely a lot too. There's so many pieces to balance. I think well, NBA's will probably be a lot easier match to play. I think you have like 15 total guys. Yeah, I think there's like 15 people on the team. And I think they have almost like either a larger or even same salary cap as the NFL. So then guys are just making bank. And then soccer, like if you're on a really good team, like that's another level. I think, yeah, I think either Cristiano Ronaldo or some famous soccer player had was making, I think, 160 million a year with like a hundred million dollar sign bonus. Yeah, yeah. I was you remember when uh, Mahomes signed his big contract, it was kinda like looking over other contract sports and it's 
Mahomes, the total salary is higher than Cristiano Ronaldo's, but Cristiano Ronaldo makes more money a year than Patrick Mahomes does. It's fucking wild. You make $160 million a year? That's fucking wild. Basically just kick a ball? Yeah, just to fucking run around and kick a ball. It's insane. Have amazing cardio, run around and kick a ball. But $160 million a year? That is fucking insane. And then some of, because I think baseball, I think they have salary caps, but I know some teams have like no caps. And like some of these contracts, like some guys are retired for years and they're still getting paid like a million dollars a year because how they set up their contract. That's I think, nice. I think that's because Major League Baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Oh. I don't know if that's 100% sure or not, but I think it's the teams that have a um, like a bigger market, like the New York teams, the Boston teams, they have more money because they're just more popular. Right? People are always funneling money into those organizations. Yeah. New York has like two teams for per league. Yeah. So you got the Yankees, Mets. Yankees and the Mets. Um, New York Knicks and New York. Other New York basketball well, they're, teams. They're, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Nets. And then you have the Jets and the Giants. Jets and the Giants. And then LA, you got, got we got a whole bunch of the Anaheim, but you got the Rams. You got LA Rams, LA Chargers. Uh, used to be Oakland there, but now they're Vegas. And then you got. The Lakers, the Clippers, you got the Dodgers and the Angels. Dodgers and the Angels. And then some teams like Seattle. They have the Seahawks. No fo- no hockey. They're getting no, they get they got a hockey team. The Kraken. You know that the Kraken? The octopus? That's stupid embarrassment. After That's this worse. season? Yeah, so after this upcoming after this current season, they're gonna be the Seattle uh I'm gonna I call them the Octopi. But they're the Kraken. It's their, their mascot is a giant octopus, and they're called the Kraken. Because you know, you know that that alcohol, that shitty tasting alcohol, yeah, comes in a black bottle. Yeah, so some sort of legend that this Kraken mythical creature—it's kind of like a, like a Bigfoot thing. Okay. Yeah, so they, they got this this Kraken thing that lived under a bridge uh, back in the day, and that's what they're naming their hockey team after. Like that's this that is worse than Edmonton football team. That is worse than Edmonton Elk Hounds. That is worse than Edmonton Elements. That is worse than Edmonton Eclipse. That is worse than... It's worse than a lot of things. I would be extremely embarrassed to be a Seattle Kraken fan. Octopi, whatever the fuck you want to call them. They suck. They suck already. I hate them already and they haven't even played a game yet. They don't, I don't, they don't have a roster and I really hate them. I hope they do well, at least. You have to do well with that name because the, the Vegas, like Golden Knights, isn't the best name, but then at the very least, at least made the playoffs cool all, all the years they've been in the, the past couple of years. So it's like Golden Knights doesn't sound so bad when you're winning. And I wasn't <laughs> a super big fan of the name Golden Knights at the start. I was like, well, they just got to, eventually they're going to take the golden out of it and just, just going to be the Knights, kind of like they did with the Ducks. You know, it used to be the Mighty Ducks. I think they need to go back to the Mighty Ducks and go back to those retro jerseys. Those are kind of cool. So now they have this the D and it doesn't even look cool. Yeah. I think Oilers, I would love to see the Oilers go back to their copper jerseys, like back from. Like, I want, I want the fucking alternate jersey from like well, 2005, the oil 2008, drop. with the fucking, that, that fucking rock and then the oil drop in the middle with the navy blue jerseys. Those things were fucking sick. Imagine seeing McDavid in one of those. Oh, I've seen uh, I've seen like Google edits. Yeah, like see like someone Photoshop. Yeah, it looks so fresh. It's like, oh, like 
just do that. And there should please. be a white alternate world. Imagine white, the white. Yeah, yeah, do like lights with those. Those would be fucking awesome. I actually had one of those jerseys when I was a kid. It had my uh, my name and number on it. I was like fucking. I was like I was like ten. Right? So yeah. I was like super small. Right? So obviously, don't fit me now. It would probably fit like a like a standard sized four or five year old now. Maybe yeah. you know. I don't know. I, actually, I'm pretty sure I. Had Gave that thing more into the Salvation Army. <laughs> hey, <laughs> couldn't say it anymore. They paying it forward though. Someone else who's using it now and yeah, big fan of Salvation Army. Uh, I shout, hope, shout out Salvation Army. I hope the I hope Oilers do well because again, um, we started rough, but we we really picked it up. Because I think we've won nine or eight of our last ten, something like that. We're fucking looking hot. I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you. I watched like the first five games. And then I didn't watch much after that because I was busy watching football and wrestling. Mm-hmm. But now there's no football. So, oh, thank you. So now, uh, now, I just, now we just got the hockey. But the Oilers are doing well. We got to keep it together, though. We got to keep it together. I think we got the best. It's it's going to be us or Toronto, I think, that gets the uh, the Canadian division. Well, yeah, because they changed the divisions to be more, I guess, this, yeah, because the Canadian, the Canadian government wouldn't let teams come up here and play and have the travel up with the border so they had to make a all Canadian division which I think is pretty cool yeah I like the division idea because there's more yeah more I guess Canadian teams that we get to see mm-hmm. yeah probably more fights more rivalries yeah. Uh, yeah we're playing Calgary I think it's like 10 times like come on <laughs> yeah it's exciting yeah but I think NFL proved that you know obviously I think it's made a bit more probably the same amount of sacrifices or I won't say sacrifices, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to say sacrifices because I can't find the word I'm looking for, but I think that will prove that you can travel. Um, fans will be touch and go because I know because NHL, you're in enclosed space. Maybe, maybe even a thousand fans would be good enough. You have all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, maybe like every section, you can only go to this sec- concession stand, these bathrooms only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they show that you can travel, have teams do the regular thing. Yeah. I think the NFL did a lot for COVID, actually. The NFL, they took a lot of myths, I guess you'd call them. They proved, the NFL proved a lot of things wrong. You know, they said, at the start of COVID, they said, okay, well, you know, air travel is safe. And then, okay, well, and then the NFL went, okay, well, air travel is safe. Okay, so we should be, we should be good. And then you know, we quickly found out that air travel is not safe. That whole situation down with what happened with the Tennessee Titans this past year, you know. There was one, one, one person tested positive, and then they went, okay, well, we're still going to you know, board this plane, go play this game. Like We all got our masks on whatnot. So they all got on the plane, and that one positive turned into over half the organization having COVID because they decided to get on a plane. Oh, so I guess air travel isn't as safe as you, know, you said it was. Yeah. I kind of was under the impression before the, the season started that they weren't going to make it past week four. So obviously you're playing football, right? You're in close quarters all the time. You're hitting someone. You sometimes you get that transfer, depending, especially depending how warm it is. You get that transfer from person to person, right, through the face mask of sweat and spit and <laughs> sometimes blood and whatever the fuck else, right? And I'm like, man, like football's not going to make it past week four. They're going to be transferring. Body body fluids every time they hit, everyone's gonna get COVID's gonna spread. Especially so being like a lineman, but it never happened the entire season. Especially 
the offensive line, every single play, offensive defensive line, every single play, you're smashing this guy in front of you. Were there any offensive linemen who or defensive line who got COVID? I think there were injuries. I don't know if there was because I know there was quarterbacks like Denver with some receivers. I know there was um there was a lot of offensive line that were uh marked as like close contacts. But yeah. I, I can't just thinking off the top of my head, I can't think of like a major starting offensive lineman that was that tested positive for COVID. I can't I don't know. I can't think of I can't think of one. And then just the the the, the fact that the entire season no, no one, there was never any transfer of COVID from someone who had tested positive maybe like a day or two after a game. No one on the other team tested positive from coming into contact with that person. Mm. You know, like the Patriots played the Chiefs. And then it was, I think, the day after the game or two days after the game, Stefan Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19. When we go back and at the end of the, that game, there's a video of Stefan Gilmore and Patrick Mahomes, you know, dapping each other up, close quarters, but Patrick Mahomes never never uh, tested positive for COVID after that. So it's like, okay, well, I mean, the NFL, I mean, obviously that doesn't happen every time, right? It's But the NFL, I think, really did a lot for COVID and proving a lot of myths wrong this year. You know, like they took the, the two-week quarantine and the NFL was basically able to go, well, no, it's actually like a week, 10 days. Right? So now we don't do the two-week quarantine anymore. Well, now we do because there's there's variants and whatnot. Yeah. But before the variants, the quarantine was cut down to 10 days if you were tested positive for COVID-19. But now we got the variants. Now it's like, oh, 24 days. What the fuck? Oh, man. Golly. There better be, there better be some, some evidence. They better give us evidence of this variant because... If we, because if there is, I'm not saying if there is or isn't, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I haven't done any research, so don't listen to me. If, if you do, you listen to me, you're an idiot, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but if there isn't a variant, and then people just start, but yeah, we will isolate for 30 days, and maybe there's another variant, now it's 60 days, and all of a sudden we're locked in our homes for life. That's just more conspiratorial, but again, it's just... I think again, what what we've seen is if there there's a lack of information, if there's lack of information, there's a lack of trust. People are going to go outside with no mask, probably. So I think just be upfront and honest. Don't maybe don't tell us you don't know anything, but just say, hey, here's the variant. Here's how we know there's a variant. Here's what I can do. I think they might have done that, but like just detail it as much as you can. Dumb it down for everyone. Yeah, and like really dumb it down. Like <laughs> really dumb it down. Because a lot of people that watch and they go, okay, but like what does this mean though? Like you watch the news and they tell you one thing, you're like, okay, but like, what does this mean? Like, what does it mean? You know, I don't know what this means. Yeah. But what was the, how come you got into football? How did I get into football? Yeah. Like, why was there like a sport so you just tried? Do you always was, enjoy uh, it? When I had, uh, when I lived in St. Albert, my, I was like a soccer and hockey kid. I was actually supposed to play hockey. But then when I first moved to Shore Park, the first friends that I made out there, it was uh, started grade two. So the first friends that I made out there, uh, there was two of them. It was uh, Brad Longhart, Calvin Robinson. Brad's actually the starting quarterback at the U of A right now. So they were the first two friends that I made, and they were really into football. So I kind of just 
started playing football at recess then. And I was uh, a couple of years, maybe a year or two into doing that. Still hadn't actually watched a game, seen a game. I was just playing touch football at recess. And uh, Brad had asked me one day about playing, and I was like, heck yeah, I'll play football. Yeah, this is fun. I had no idea what it actually was. I had no idea that was you get all padded up. You get these massive shoulder pads on this big 10-pound piece of plastic on your head. I had no idea about that. So I remember going to get my equipment. And I didn't know I was getting equipment. I just walk up the stairs and I go in this room like, oh shit, I'm going to look like a fucking Spartan warrior. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I had, this is a funny story. So it's it's 2005 and the the helmet technology is is really starting to evolve at this point but we're not like fully there we don't have a lot of these new riddell helmets they're kind of still like these old those old style helmets that they don't even use anymore actually yeah. and i uh obviously i'm a small guy i think at that point in time i was uh maybe five foot nothing maybe 70 pounds like obviously I was, I was playing running back too and they gave me uh they gave me a, like one of those lineman face masks so i had the bar going right down the middle of my face vertical oh nice that was my, my first nose that was and my first I, face mask i hated it i loved it but i wasn't i wasn't one of those kids that was gonna complain and be like oh i can't coach i can't fucking see you know because i got this thing in front of my face like it can't see because you know it's fucking right there and it's really funny because what i what i started doing at practice when i would get the ball is i would run with my head all the way tilted back and then my eyes just kind of looking down my face so i could see <laughs> looking out the bottom of my face mask with my head tilted back and it was one of the it was a joke that all the, the parents kind of came up with it's like well which one's which you know we could tell like which one is who at practice? Okay, well, I knew who Jordan is because he's the one who runs with his head all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> that joke kind of started circulating a little bit, and it got to one of the coaches. And I think it only took like two or three days before they gave me a different helmet. Give <laughs> <laughs> oh. me one of the new helmets, the new Riddell Revolution helmets they had, the new that new at the time, like fifteen yeah. years old now, but it had the uh, the open. The open eyes I didn't have that bar, but at that point in time, I was so used to running with my head back. The rest of the season, I still kept running with my head back. <laughs> creature of habit, man. Creature of habit. Well, I was so sad because my first year, I had a, I got, I had the exact same helmet. Yeah. No, was it? Oh wait, no, never mind. Hold on. Well, when I was the first first year lineman, that's what I had. It was that mask with the line down the middle? And then when I came back for grade twelve. I was so sad that they didn't have that same helmet. I loved it. Like it's old school. Like no one else has it. I'm like, oh, I just like I like the style of the lineman. Like I need an extra bar in there. And I, yeah, that was. Do you have like any? I wouldn't say regrets, but like if the like what you know now about like training and maybe yeah, training, nutrition, and the actual dedication you to be at a pro level, like. Would you like go back and tell yourself, tell yourself what to do, or do you like kind of say like, are you just happy with how things were? And um, you know, personally in my life, I look back and I probably wouldn't change a thing. 
But obviously, when I look at football, um, I don't want to be the guy to sit here and say I got fucking robbed. But if you ask me, I got fucking robbed in high school. of Basically, just robbed of all my opportunities. But as far as physical conditioning and nutrition goes, I kind of wish that I took it maybe a little more seriously. I mean, the physical conditioning, I always took serious in high school. I was actually the best shape of my life. I was actually in really good shape back then. Um, but I kind of wish I took the nutritional part a little more seriously back then. I mean, I was always going to fucking 7-Eleven eating taquitos <laughs> at lunch and corn dogs and Skittles and candy bars and bringing them back to school. And then I would just... Before practice, I would have like a like a sandwich or something, and I try to eat all before before practice, right? But lunchtime was always bad because I was always eating like shit. And sometimes even before a game too, I would just eat like crap, right? I wouldn't eat anything, and I would just feel like crap during the game because I'm playing on it, which some guys can do. I don't know how guys can play on an empty stomach. That's something that I've oh. never been able to do. I feel like. My stomach just hurts, and then I get super lightheaded, and I feel gas. Yeah, I don't know how people can play on an empty stomach. That's wild to me. Um, but I think then, kind of afterwards, I really just stopped caring, and I kind of wish I didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of like my one regret, I guess, is that I I stopped caring after then, and I'm kind of just playing that catch up game now. Yeah. I feel the same way in a lot of ways, like saving money. Like I wasn't the best with money growing up and also like working out, like, cause I got like, again, like what I realized what I could do with training, you know, when I worked with uh, Jeremy Bell for football, shout out to Jeremy and also Andrew Johnson. And yeah, and I was super dedicated. I think I was like too dedicated cause I was dating, um, I was dating a girl at the time. And I actually told her this to her face. Like, it wasn't hypothetical. I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm like, when football season starts, I'm like, unfortunately, it's football's number one. <laughs> and and I'm like, because of my training schedule, like, I got to get my training because I was also working full time as a nutrition. So I was working like eight to 10 hours a day at the gym, like five, six days a week. Um, like, Sundays is like the only time I can have dates. I'm like, but if my quarterback wants to throw, he's number one. Yeah, I gotta go through. <laughs> and so obviously we didn't we didn't last. Um, we didn't last. But um like knowing what I know now about the work it takes and that if you do put the work in, you could like actually be better than you thought you could be. Um, I would like start earlier and put the training in because grade ten I was like a tight end. And then in grade eleven, summertime, so I was, didn't work out at all. And eight like garbage play video games <laughs> i was now an offensive lineman <laughs> it was great because i didn't have to run at all during practice yeah so that was fun but like again i really enjoyed i really enjoyed playing receiver or maybe more of an athletic position um but i still enjoyed it it was still a lot of fun uh yeah i thought i was pretty good for my size i don't need a lot too many like saxon and yeah i was able to run the ball or do a lot of run blocking because I was decently athletic and then and then because I was typically undersized I would uh like because if people don't know football if you're running there's a, the one hole which is the center basically and there's three 
between me and the center, five between me and what's called a tackle, and seven is the outside. If there's a run to either the f- number five or number three, um, sometimes I wouldn't care where the hole was. I would just take the guy's momentum and drive him that way. And it helped because I was small. I had the leverage because I was centered, like center of gravity. Um, but we had a, a coach who I think got to see full tryouts. So, but I got injured, unfortunately. And then he kind of tossed some dirty tricks. So when like the first thing I'd do when lining up, I wouldn't try to grab the guy's um, chest piece. Yeah, I'd immediately like put two fists and hit him like right in the gut. Oh, and then grab him. <laughs> and, and then one time the guy said he's like, "Hey man, it's, like, it's not boxing." Like, yeah, I, I never, it's I never, boxing, bro. But I never got called. <laughs> so I played and I had tons of fun and got sober one year and yeah, it was kind of fun. And then I don't know how you feel. This is my opinion. Uh, I played. I played soccer. And I never played any high level, so I'm not saying I'm the best here. You know, I'm not saying, but I played like soccer, hockey, um, played some volleyball, played some um, slow pitch, and football, and all of those sports. And I enjoyed all of them. I think I think football is the ultimate team sport. I think I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but I think it's the ultimate um, team sport. I think it's also a really great representation. Really, really, really great representation of life and how like you have to be great at your own jobs mm-hmm. to collectively achieve a common goal and you're going to sometimes have a lot of people from different backgrounds and some people we might not like but have to work with mm-hmm. no I agree 100% I've always felt like football is the greatest sport there is bar none I, I played football all growing up I played soccer briefly um, and I played a lot of things for fun too like you know slow pitch you know, all, all this other stuff. But I always felt like football was the best sport there is. It's not the best team game there is because you can do your job as well, you know, as you can do it. But if not all of you are doing that, then you're not going to win. It's not like hockey where Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can fucking just run shit and do their thing and will likely win more games and lose or in basketball where just give the ball of LeBron or Steph you know, mm-hmm. and you're good. Football is really 12 people or 11 people, depending on which country you live in, working together to do a common goal. And there's people from all different backgrounds and all different walks of life, all different stories on how they got there, you know, and it's, how you get there never matters. It's always just working together to do your common goal. And football has always been, I felt like the greatest representation of like a true brotherhood, you know, like a family, you know, because hockey guys, I'm sure, are close, right? And I'm sure basketball guys got, are all close. I'd say hockey definitely have like a. Like a favorite teammate for sure. Cause like one of my, I'd say best friends of life, um, like him and I were just like, yeah, like the had each other's backs and had like, we're obviously had better chemistry than anyone else on the team. Then, but football definitely had some like close friends cause also mm-hmm. your line mate, like your position groups. Yep. But like you're friends with everyone. Everyone's, and even and sometimes some someone gets to make fun of. I remember, did you go to that Chinese restaurant after the game in, I think, Lloyd? 
And it was like me. No, I didn't. Oh, we went there. Yeah, because we, we all, a few of us went to the Chinese restaurant there. And um, Zach, you remember Zach Glasses? Yeah. Yep. He was fast, man. He had speed, but he had no hands. But you can't catch shit. But he, was, he was one of the best guys running he, down there on kickoff. Yeah, he, he's fast. And not only his routes were that great, and but he had speed and he was... He he tried hard and he was always there. That's a, he always he always gave effort and he always he always asked me a lot of questions on how yeah. I could get better and I respected that a lot. Yeah, I respect that a lot. And but um, remember we went to a restaurant. Everyone had a drink after the game, but you ordered like a, a Virgin Shirley Temple, and then <laughs> Miller was like, "Was that a Shirley tampon?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never we didn't uh, we didn't hang around in Lloyd. We got out of there as soon as we could because we wanted to go out in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, but you. Did you? You didn't go out. You didn't follow follow Tristan though that night, did you? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, you didn't get roped into that. I got roped in. Yeah. <laughs> that was a wild night. I was like walking. We went to the the ranch, then the ranch. Yeah, midway now. Yeah, and uh, I'm walking through there, and then we kind of just split up, and, and then I didn't want to go out in the first place, but no one was responding. Like I feel bad for him. I'll just go out. Oh, then, what do you mean? No, you always you, you go. We always run out. You always gotta come out with us. <laughs> I remember I went out with you and Nick for his birthday, but uh, all of a sudden I'm walking through the ranch and all of a sudden this lady grabs me. You were at the wrong place, first of all. You were yeah. at the wrong place. Yeah, well, yeah, it's for like 17, it's probably 17 year olds there and 18 year olds. And just I come in, that's the place where when you just start drinking and you get shit faced a whole bunch, you go there. It's my, not for- my first time there, after I just after I turned 18, I went there. My first time there, I met this girl there and uh, we were kind of talking for a bit. She was like, You should come back in like three weeks for my birthday. I was like, oh, cool. Like, how old are you training? She's like 18. Holy. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've been coming here for a year. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Like, that's that's the ranch. I can't Come go on. there no more because I will get in trouble. But uh, <sighs> um, but uh, I remember then the lady all of a sudden grabs me because football were off season, season in shape. And she was grabs me. She's like, you want to strip for me and my, my friends? We're here in, from Winnipeg. <laughs> and they were here for a, a bridal. Like, was it the... Bachelorette party. Bachelorette party. Yeah. I'm like, oh no! I ended up hanging with her and her friends the whole night. Nothing happened, but went back, like went back to their hotel room. It was crazy. Nothing happened. Um, Sounds like a waste of a night to me. It was. It was. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Tristan. I, I shouldn't, I'm like, awesome. The west of Edmonton. It's like two in the morning. It's because you went out with a dude who was married. <laughs> That's your first you? problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No offense. Shout out yeah. to you, Tristan. I love you. But yeah, that, but again, that's like again, yeah, football is a a great sport, and you know, I'm not sure if I'll ever play again, but you know, I might maybe coach one day, maybe try to get with like you know, maybe the Eskimos or go to my former high school and and coach. Who knows? I don't know. Would you? Because you used to want to play. He said you want to win a championship in the. I guess our. Yeah, yeah, my goal is to my goal is to win a, win a national championship. So I, uh, you know, it was, I guess, my first year, I guess people who don't know what the AFL is, explain to them what the league is. And. Yeah, it's basically semi-pro men's league football. Um, there's a league in Alberta and a league in Ontario. The winner of the Alberta league plays the winner of the Ontario league. And you get a you get a fancy ring, you get a fancy ring after. But that's what I want. Cause I never, I never, I've never gotten, never, never won the big one. I played in the big one, never won the big one. <laughs> I'd like to, that'd be cool. But when I was, when I was in high school, it was, uh, so I went, I went to Bethesda 
which is like, whoa, whoa, fuck, you left your bad face. Shut the fuck up. Like it's not the, that big of a fucking deal. Like one of the, I guess, at the time, like a very like top level football yeah, program. Yeah, they were a provincial powerhouse for nearly 20 years. Only won the big one once, but always in the dance. Yeah. Which was which was pretty cool, you know, for, for me. I, was, I, was, I remember being a kid and I went to a game and I was... I think it was like 11 or 12 when I went to a game. And I was like, never thought that one day I'd be playing there. Yeah. But there we go. And I just remember it was so cool putting on the uniform for the first time. And then I remember in grade 10, my first year, <clears throat> I was playing receiver. And I was kind of one of the like bubble guys on the senior team. And I'm kind of thinking like, like I'm either going to, ride the bench here for a year or I can go play junior for a year and play because the only way I'm going to play here is if we're up 50 nothing mm-hmm. which happened which did happen for them a couple of times that year but like I wasn't I honestly was not interested in, in just being that guy when I could go play on the junior team for a year whatever like still still playing football right mm-hmm. It's just not the senior level football, which I mean, in grade 10, I'm okay with that. And, you know, whatever. So I go and I play on the junior team and I didn't think about this very much at the time, but typically the, the junior team doesn't really have the, the better players at every position. And the, the school kind of had a, an issue with their starting quarterback getting hurt. And them not having a backup quarterback. So they had to use a receiver who ironically was the number one receiver. So they took him and put him <laughs> as the starting quarterback. So obviously now they're going to carry two quarterbacks, especially, you know, he's coming back from the injury. They're going to want another actual quarterback backing him up. That guy was Brad, who's a phenomenal fucking quarterback. My quarterback all growing up, except for one year. But he was a phenomenal quarterback. So obviously, they don't want him playing on the junior team. So they're going to have him backing up Taylor so that in case Taylor gets hurt again, okay, we'll just pop Brandon. Boom. Yeah, we're good. We still have all our receivers playing receiver. Don't want to be the fucking Denver Broncos here putting a receiver in a quarterback. It's not going to work. So I'm down on the junior team, and I realize, well, shit, I've got a quarterback. Now, not a knock on Sean. He's a good guy, but... Just didn't have a quarterback that year. You know, we we ran the ball, I think, over 300 times. Threw the ball 80 times. Only completed 20 of them. I did lead the team in all receiving categories that year, however. Sounds sad. (laughs) Played six games. Had eight catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Horrible. (laughs) I really felt like after that year was a waste of a year. I was like, shit, I just wasted a fucking year. Cool. Towards the end of that season, I get approached by coach and senior team because every year they take guys from the junior team, like five or 10, bring them up just to have as like practice depth guys for the playoff run. So I got approached about being one of those guys coming up, playing receiver. Like, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Um, You know, go up, learn, learn some of the different terminology that's in the offense that a little bit different than what we had. Start learning it now so that Come springtime, I'm good to go. You know, we'll roll into it. And it'll be all good. 
So I go into practice after the junior season ends, and I'm up on the senior team now that through an end of the grade tenure. And first practice, I get moved to DB, defensive back. And I'm like, oh shit, this isn't, uh, this isn't really what I want. And I played both ways all growing up, but I never wanted to play defensive back. I'm just not good at it. I'm just not good. I'm not, I'm not a tackler, right? I always had knee problems growing up, so I could never drive through on contact. I always just die because everyone's bigger than me. Well, fuck, I'm always getting fucking trucked. I missed more tackles than I ever made in my life. (laughs) And I just, I didn't enjoy it. You know, not to sound like a prima donna, but I was always the guy. I was like having the ball in my hands and making plays. That was fun. You like scoring? Yeah, I like scoring touchdowns. You know, who doesn't like scoring touchdowns, right? You have a better chance of scoring a touchdown on offense than you do on defense. But at the same time, I was saying like, hey, it's for a month. And then the season, it's max a month, right? Maximum a month. If we go all the way to the final, it's a month. And then springtime, I'll go back to playing offense. It'll be all good. During the, the two weeks that we had there, I built a real close relationship with the defensive backs coach. And kind of going into spring camp, I really felt like I was going to be put back on offense. It was good. And um, your computer just fucked up. I hate technology. If that be said again, I don't know what I'll do. I'd probably just <laughs> take my computer and smash it. So anyways... But it felt like I was going to be put back on. Things going to be all good. And I even got a white picture going into spring camp, which signifies like you're on offense. So I'm doing my dynamic stretches going up for the first spring camp. And uh, got the ball in my hand because all the skill positions during dynamic warm-up, we just have the ball in hand. Coach the club does try and smack the ball in hand. It was always kind of a joke. You fumble like, ah, hold on to the ball, dickhead. You know, don't be that guy who fumbles the ball in the game. I ain't working on that ball security now. So I got the ball in my hand and I see a shadow coming up behind me. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to try and smack the ball in my hand because I haven't had the ball in my hand in a while. Instead of smacking the ball in my hand, he goes, you're, uh, you're going to be working with the DBs. And I went, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't say that, but like my heart dropped because I was kind of like, okay, well, this looks like it might be the beginning of the end of me on offense here. And it was. I'd, I'd never had a single snap or rep anything on offense. My duty, my that duty. entire that entire grade eleven year or grade twelve year. In that grade eleven year, I had such an awful year. I led the team, probably led the province in missed tackles. I don't know about that. I led the team for sure in missed tackles because we kept track of that stat. And it was like posted for literally everyone to see. Wow. And it's like that's embarrassing as fuck. I don't want to play in this spot. For sure anymore. I even got benched in a game against AOB because I, I alone missed three tackles. And then the dude, each time I missed the tackle, the dude ran into the end zone. Whoa. That's 21 points. And that game, guess what the final score was? What? 21-21. <laughs> and I didn't play the entire second half. So there's that. Whoa. But the only reason I ever, ever got back in that year was because the following week in practice after that 21-21 game, 
the guy who replaced me in that game completely tore his ACL. I think it was his ACL, but he was done. Like that was it. And they had no other choice but to put me back in. It was kind of just like, all right, cool. And at that point in time, there was really, in the entire team, there was only one guy who ever really stuck his neck out for me, for me to be on the field. And that was defensive backs coach. Grade 11 year ends. We should have won. We should have won it all that year. But we didn't because the, that game that we lost, that last game, they got the ball on like the five-yard line. They're down a score late. And receiver runs a like a 12-yard comeback route. Mm-hmm. So he goes 12 yards up, fakes like he's running the post, cuts back out towards the sideline. Now, I don't want to be the guy to come on here and say he pushed off at the top of the route, but the fucking guy pushed off at the top <laughs> of the route. I couldn't. I just couldn't get the momentum back after that. We ended up losing that game. Now that game going in, we knew whoever wins this game is going to win the final. That's what fucking ended up fucking happening. We lost that game, and they ended up going on winning the final. But I'll tell you right now, if if I'm not in that spot, someone else is. We win that game, and then we're probably having a different conversation about me not having any sort of championship rings. After that grade 11 year, DB coach says he's leaving the team and he's going to the Wildcats. So I'm like, well, shit, what the fuck am I going to do now? This is the one guy who stood up for me the entire fucking year. Plus, he didn't have the greatest year. I had a horrible fucking year. I tried to, I tried to look into switching schools just so I could not play defense. On top of that, I had injured my shoulder really badly in that season. And by the time I'd found out what was wrong with it, it is now the middle of July. We're one month away from fall camp. And they said, if you have this surgery, you can have it in a week. It's a three-month recovery. You'll be good to go probably the start of December. I'm like, well, shit. I can't fucking do that. It's grade 12. I'm going to miss the entire season. So, okay, well, you put off the surgery now. By the time the season ends, you're going to be a different age. You can no longer go through pediatrics. You're going to be put on a waiting list. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is going to be my last year, then I guess this is just going to be my last year. Might as well do it, try and win a championship, and then I'll worry about whatever sort of problems I have after. We don't win that year. We lose in the Northern Final again. But this time... Uh, we lost because the play calling was just garbage. We we were just kept trying to run the ball, trying to run the ball against the best front seven in the province. Well, that's not going to fucking work very well, no matter how good our running back is yeah. or no matter how good our offensive line is. They're just loading the box every time, and we're only getting three, four yards to carry. We're just punting and punting and punting. We should be spreading them out, throwing yeah, the ball. By the time we figured that out, it was way too late. We were down like 30 points. It was ridiculous. After that game, I remember being so upset, so unbelievably upset. I cried so fucking much. Not because it was, at the time, supposed to be my last game ever, but because I was so fucking mad at the program for never giving me a chance after telling me time and time again that they were going to move me back to offense. Never fucking happened. So fucking mad. I hated playing football. I hated playing football. I didn't even... 
I wanted nothing to do with football after that. You know, I didn't watch the the NFL playoffs that year. No. I just I had no interest in football. I wanted nothing to do with football. That summer I'm vacationing in the Okanagan Valley and my phone's going off and it's the head coach at Bev Facey asked me if I want to come coach. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I hate the fucking program, but like, it's for it's for the kids, right? That's, so that's what brought you back. That's what kind of brought me back into into the football world was going back and coaching, kind of you know just giving back to football, right? <clears throat> While I'm there, I'm coaching with Kyle Buxton, who is also a Facey alumni. He was in grade twelve, and I was in grade ten. And he was kind of one of the grade 12s that befriended me when I was in grade 10. We still kind of have a really close relationship. But um, we're coaching, and I didn't think that coaching would bring back that that kind of spark in me to kind of want to play. And I kind of told him that one day, and he's like, oh, come play with me. I'm like, well, what are you playing? He's like, well, I'm playing Stallions. I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's AFL, Center Pro Men's League. I'm like, well, can I play offense? He goes, yeah, you can play whatever you want to play. I'm like, just come, just come, come to, we're having a gym night in like a month. Just come out. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come. So I went out. I had a good time. Roasted a couple of DBs. And then Jeremy Mann, who was running that team, he kind of asked me, he was like, you serious about playing? And I was like, yeah, I'm serious about playing. Can I play offense? He goes, yeah, I you can play wherever you want to play. I was like, okay, cool. But just like, don't move me. You know, just don't move me and I'll be happy. Cool. I didn't, I knew nothing about the league, nothing about the team. I just wanted to have fun playing football. I wanted to enjoy the game again. Yeah. I wanted to enjoy playing the game again. And how many seasons have you played so far? Uh, in the league? Yeah. I played three. So I played 2014 and 2015 with the Stallions and then 2016 with the Stars. But that first year with the Stallions, I didn't really give a shit about winning. I just kind of wanted to have fun. Yeah. And then we got that second year. I was like, okay, like I, I enjoy playing football again. But like now like I kind of want to win a little more. And then things with the Stallions obviously fell apart. And then I was unceremoniously removed from the Raiders. And I really just, I wasn't playing at that point. I was, like, was kind of like, okay, I'm done. You know, I'm done. It took four months. And I just didn't do anything. Didn't do anything at all. Just ate like shit. Didn't do any training at all. And then it was probably about, I want to say, it was it was a week before the season started. And then the Stars contacted me about playing for them. And I was like, yeah, yeah sure. Because I'd made, you might remember this. Yeah, you made like a declaration. You made a, I made a, I made a, I made a sticker. Because you made like a JJ Wall, you made like a retirement post, just like like some like Queen. You did basically a Brett Favre. Yeah, well, I, I, I did the, I did the retirement post because I was kicked off the team, but I wanted to take the high road. I didn't want to. At the time, I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus or drag anyone's name in the dirt. But as soon as I did that, I'm not going to say what his actual name. I'll call him, call him Dick Knight because that's what a lot of people called him. He made up this complete bullshit story about me that uh, I just, you know, fucked off on the team and I gave up on my teammates and I just went and played for the Stars, which 
which is completely untrue. And she like this was, for this was this was in February. Yeah, I was kicked <laughs> off the team because I made a I made a GoFundMe because I had lost my job in the economy crash. I had no money at all. And Rick was on my ass about money in February for some fucking reason. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I made a GoFundMe as like a, a like a semi joke, but not really a joke at all. And he took it as a super. Did you think you would ever hit it, or we just? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% I did. 100% I did. I was like, you know what? There's definitely going to be people. It's worth a try. No, yeah, 100%. Some's giving you money. Yeah, right? It's, it's, there's nothing illegal about it. Yeah. I'm not selling drugs. You know, I'm just asking for money. I'm not asking you to buy crack cocaine. Yeah. You know, what's, what's the big deal? He took it as this massive joke. He called me uh, an unprofessional... He called me very unprofessional. He said I had no place on the team or in the league. And I'm like, all right, cool. He made up this story that I just fucked off and went and played for the Stars, which was completely untrue because at the time, no one from the Stars had contacted me. I hadn't contacted anyone from the Stars. I was sitting at home, mowing my face in cheeseburgers and ice cream, <laughs> playing video games all day. You know, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't playing football. I was done. Yeah. I saw on facebook people from the raiders started opening their mouth about me or, or sorry sorry say being a keyboard warrior and saying a bunch of things about me that weren't true about what i was doing i was like you know what fuck you guys <laughs> so i took the the cartoon the calvin and Hobbes cartoon character where he's like he's like leaking taking a leak on usually like some sort of sports logo or yeah. a vehicle logo and yeah. I took that and I used the Raider logo, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way well, for obvious course. reasons. Yeah. But I mean, I, I still fucking have that thing actually. Mm-hmm. I still it's it's in a filing cabinet. I still have it. I found it when I was moving last year and I was like, oh, I didn't know I still had this. So that picture kind of went around for a little bit. The stars saw it a week before the season, which is in uh, June, I think, June or July. And that's when they asked me about playing for them. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. That was like three months after I was accused of leaving the team and just jumping ship and going to the stars. <laughs> well, but when I played for the stars, it wasn't the first few games. I didn't really give a shit about it. I just wanted to stick it to the Raiders. That's it. I just wanted to stick it to the Raiders. And did you when you played them? Yeah, I scored. And then we blew them out. It was fun. But then after that, it, I was... A lot more focused on actually winning games because when I first played, I was like, I just want to play the Raiders. That's it. I just want to play the Raiders. After that, I was like, Hey, let's go fucking win now. Mm-hmm. And we had we had going into the playoffs. I felt pretty good about that team, and I felt like we could really make a push. Obviously, it didn't end up happening. And then I had that off season. I kind of took an ultimatum. Excuse me. I kind of took an ultimatum with the job that I was at. And they basically said, you know, they said, if you stop playing football, we'll give you more hours. At the time, I was only working 18, 20 hours a week. So I'm like, part time. Fuck yeah. Like, like, okay. Like, I guess I'll do that. Looking back on it. Is this a current job? No, No. No. No, no, no. No. Looking back on it. Should never have trusted those people. Should have stuck it to their face immediately and told them to fuck off because uh, they were good on their word for about a month. 
and then it was that was it. So I I haven't played since then, but I've been really looking forward to playing again. Obviously, didn't have a season last year. May or may not have a season this year. We'll see how COVID goes. Don't really know what it what it's looking like right now. I mean, is government gonna let let play but make the league provide testing? I don't think the league, I don't think the league can do that. I don't yeah. think the league can afford to do that. No. It costs a lot of money. It's, I don't know. We're gonna we'll see how it goes. I guess. I hope it's just one more year. Then that way you can have some fundraise more, have more better plans, better preparation. Be good, yeah, especially for a new team. People get in shape. Yeah, gyms are still closed. We don't know when they're gonna open. Hopefully soon. I'm gonna play fifth string Q. That's me, dude. No, that's oh, me. I'm I'm the fifth string quarterback. Okay, I'm fourth. Okay. I may I may have a slight disability now with the, the whole missing digit on the throwing hand, but I'll tell you, I got a fucking rocket. And I'm basically like the white Michael Vick. All right. You know, like fuck with me. Just run around, do that thing. Just without the whole the whole dog fighting thing. I love dogs. Yeah. <laughs> we're never, we're never fucking dog. do anything don't to an animal. Strictly talking on the field football play. <laughs> And what do you think of, because uh, Chuba Hopper went to your school. Yep. Um, what do you think of his chances in the NFL? It's rare that a Canadian is highly draft, highly sought after from colleges. Yeah, it's extremely rare that a Canadian will get into uh, at least in a different university. Nearly impossible. Get drafted. Yeah. So what do you think? Because he has proven that he can do it. And he, I think this year was a little bit more inconsistent or this past season. Yeah, he had, he had a great year last year. He led the nation in rushing. Obviously, this past year wasn't as fortunate. Um, did end up opting out at the the end of the year. Whether or not that was actually to prepare for the draft, I don't know. I think it was just he was having a shit year and just time to time to move on at this point. And you know, his backups kind of came in and, and did better at a lot of points. But I think he he proves that he can do it. Um. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure, especially with the the jump or it's a she said drop in production from last year to this year. I think if he would have declared for the draft last year, we're looking at easily first second round pick for sure. With the drop in production from last year to this year, maybe more of a third, fourth, maybe even fifth round pick, which is quite a serious drop. But a lot of guys. A lot of, I guess, quote unquote experts uh, at the end of this year said that, you know, last year, top five running back for sure. This year, a lot of guys don't even have him in their top 15. So it's going to be interesting. I think the draft is on, on the day that we're recording this, I think the draft is 74 or 73 days away. So it's still a long way to go. Um, Try definitely try to uh, watch watch how he goes at his pro day, but uh, I watch the draft every year, and I actually I watch up to I'll usually watch up to like the f- fifth round. Really, that's dedication. Yeah, I'll usually just watch with, with something else kind of on in the background. I may I may catch the the first round, but I'm like I I trust in the coach Bill, and I'll see you in season time. <laughs> I'll see you preseason. So that's all about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I hope just the world gets better. And yeah, I hope the world gets better. I get definitely don't want to be doing this COVID stuff in 2022. Definitely, 
wishful thinking, you know, like summertime, want this to be over, but thinking logically, maybe like Christmas, maybe. Yeah. It's, 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 if everyone kind of fucking does their part, but I don't know. I don't know. It's yet to be, uh, yet to be seen. I mean, it is kind of getting better here with our numbers, but you never know. You never know. It takes all of us. It does fucking take all of us. Well, I just want to thank you for being here, bro. It was fun hanging out and hey, chatting football. Thank you for bringing me back. I know I'm back a little sooner than I said. I said last time I was on, I said that uh, we'll wait till I get the, the fancy piece of hardware. But the world, there's, the world moves at a snail's pace. There's a lot of things going on, but at the same time, there is nothing going on. Yeah. And uh, there's still a whole lot of uncertainty. We're coming up on a year yeah. of having the, the COVID lockdowns here now. So it's still a lot of, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. A lot of questions, yeah. Well, thanks for being here, bro. Thanks for having me, dude. It was good.